as we begin this morning, I invite you to you know, grab your Bible, your tablet, uh, whatever you happen to be using uh, to look at Scripture. You can turn to Psalm 23, put a finger there, and then go to John chapter 10 and put a finger there. We're going to look at Psalm 23 in light of the passage about Jesus as the Good Shepherd. So Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. John 10, Jesus, the Good Shepherd. I grew up attending public school, going to church, going to evening church, going to Sunday school, going to Wednesday Bible classes. And one of the memories I have about Wednesday Bible classes was that at some point, I needed to memorize a chapter of Scripture. Maybe some of you have had that in your background. Maybe some of you have not. But it was Psalm 23 that I needed to remember. It's a passage that oftentimes people go back to time after time after time as they go through difficult circumstances, perhaps, to recognize that God is there as their, their comfort. I wonder perhaps sometimes if we go back to it so often and maybe it's so ingrained in our brains a certain way that when we remember it and we say it out loud, it's almost like we just speak the words without thinking them through. Sometimes that happens when we memorize something so well we're able to say it, we're able to repeat it without much thinking in the process. So what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to slow it down. And, and the beautiful thing this morning is we heard this Scripture in different ways. Perhaps different ways than you had in your memory. It made you think about it just a little bit more. Perhaps the way we look at it today, too, we're going we're gonna to take a step back. Not just plow through the whole thing, but take it phrase maybe by phrase or, or verse by verse as we let the words wash over, we, we think about them and, and ponder what it means for us here in this time. Before we even read the passage, the Jesus Storybook Bible even alluded to the fact that this isn't just a psalm. It's not just a, a writing in reality. It's something that David himself lived out. We see trust in God. We see walking through trials. We see it all. The highs and the lows of life. And David experienced the highs and the lows of life. Much like perhaps we experience highs and lows. He was chosen as king, and, and he was a great king, we could say. He overcame Goliath, those wonderful things. He even had children. Perhaps that was a, a wonderful thing in his life. But there was hardships. He killed someone, sending them into battle knowing that they would die. He buried a child, one of his own children, shortly after they were born. He had people threaten his life, not just once, 
Saul trying to kill him, but twice his own son Absalom was trying to kill David, his own father. Perhaps too, maybe not one that we think of as a hardship, but maybe a disappointment when, when God told David, no, you're not the one that's going to build my permanent temple. You're a man of war. you got maybe a little too much blood on your hands. David experienced the highs and lows, and we each and every day experience highs and lows, and perhaps this year we're experiencing something of a, a low moment globally. All Christians together experiencing the same thing, a global pandemic, a low We've gone through this series so far and we've, we've seen how God's operated. He, he's a, a creator and a, a maker and a, and a life sustainer. And, and then, then we see as the story continues that God is this person who actively works and seeks to save His people. And when you think about how, how glorious that is, we come to that different metaphor today. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Since we're going to memorize this together, why don't you say that with me? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Maybe odd thinking of this creator, this life sustainer, this God who saves his people as a a shepherd of all things. But in reality, it was, a, it was a perfect metaphor to use. A shepherd was actually a, a metaphor that was often used and often had royal meaning behind it. Shepherds were, were the Lord's kings who would shepherd and guide and direct the people of Israel. It was a, a kingly metaphor, a royal image just as as the shepherd cares for all of the sheep protecting them comforting them looking after them the kings were supposed to do that for the people what a wonderful image then to think of our lord god who shepherds guides cares for every need, not only communally for the whole group, but also individually. God wants a relationship with you personally, deeply, relational. Not only caring for the needs of the masses, but caring for you and how you need God today differently than perhaps someone else needs God. We can see that imagery of then the shepherd in the New Testament. If we, if we go to, to John chapter 10, we see that it's Jesus who is this good shepherd who, who comes later. And, and this is what we read in John 10, 3 and 4. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. The sheep listen to the good shepherd's voice. 
He calls His own sheep by name and and then He leads them all out. When He has brought out all of His own, He goes ahead of them and His sheep follow Him because they know His voice. You know, if, if the Lord, if the Lord's our shepherd, if the Lord's my shepherd, your shepherd, we'll know His voice. And we won't just be able to distinguish His voice, but, but if the Lord is our shepherd, we're going to be guided along and we're going we're to follow His voice. But the problem is, there are so many voices. There are so many voices that that speak out at any given time. I think about my house. And you can imagine with me, come to the dining room table, and you have two adults sitting opposite of each other. You know, one here, one here, one child here. One child here, another child there, another child there, and another child there. Perhaps you can imagine the cacophony of voices at the table, all desiring to be heard. The, the eight through four-year-old, almost four-year-olds want to be heard, want to say what's going on in their life and and. And the almost one-year-old hears the others talking so loud, so yes, she needs to talk too. And there you are sitting and you don't know how to distinguish perhaps between the voices. They all seem so loud and, and, and so much seems to be going on. It's what life perhaps is like when we try to, to listen to the shepherd. To distinguish the shepherd from all of the other voices, all of the other things that happen to be going on. If we, if we know His voice, when He calls out, have we been following are we letting the other voices cloud and, and drown out what the Lord is, is trying to say to us during this time? Are we allowing the other voices to distort and speak over the voice of God? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Let's say that and that much. See if you can remember the first verse. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. I was thinking it was going to rain today. Except I think I saw snow. We get rain throughout the year and it makes our grass green. It allows us to grow many things. But even though David uses this image of green pastures, 
The land Israel occupied really only had two rainy seasons, and it wasn't perhaps as green as we would have imagined. It took work on the shepherd's part to know how to lead sheep to places where they could graze, maybe grazing along the way, and and he would lead them and they would eat perhaps a little bit carving perhaps channels through wherever they're going, and, and He leads them from the dry places, from the places where there was not much growth into the places where there was more growth. And before they would turn back and head the other way, the shepherds would often have their sheep lie down. They would have their, their sheep lie down and rest because they didn't want to overtax them for the journey. They didn't want to make them too weary. If we think about the Good Shepherd, just like the shepherd leads the sheep from the dry and in in areas where there's minimal growth happening into the areas where there is growth and rest too. The Lord, the Good Shepherd, leads you and leads me from this place of spiritual dryness where we we pant for the water that He has for us. Where we desire the rest that He has for us. He leads us from this dry place into a place where there is water and there is pasture and there is Spiritual soul rest. Perpetual rest. And and for us to receive that perpetual rest, we, we have to be recognizing Him as our Lord. We need to be listening to His voice, guiding or following along where He guides. We don't attain that type of rest on our own. I don't know how much vacation you have throughout the year, but... Even all-year vacation will not get you to the point of that spiritual rest without Christ, without listening to His voice. I don't know how much TV you watch and if that's how you relax, but no amount of Netflix and chill is going to get you to the state of perpetual rest in Christ. We can't attain that rest upon our own strength. And part of the reason why we get that perpetual rest from Christ is because He's really the only voice that can save us. He saves us from the work of of trying to save ourselves. Getting us to God by our own means. He's the only way. He's he's the gate. We see that in in John chapter 10, verse 9. I am the gate. Whoever enters through Me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. They will find that rest. They will move from that area of of dryness into that area of growth. And it's only the Good Shepherd that brings you there. 
It's only by His voice. It's only by His leading. It's only by His guiding. I wonder, do we, do we trust in the voice, in the leading of Christ, that He will bring us to a place of rest? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me along in paths of righteousness. That's the way I remembered it, and it's not the way it's on the screen, is it? Uh, He guides me along the right path for His name's sake. Can we do it? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. Has anyone ever been hiking? I have. Smattering. If, if you've been hiking out uh, you know, uh, online, say you've been hiking, let us know. What you have to do when you go out hiking a trail, and say it's a trail that you don't know very well, maybe you'll look at the map and you want to see where it is you're going to be going. And you need to find out in, in what way is the trail going to be marked. Is it going to be these little orange things that are, that are on trees? Is it, is there, are there trees around? If you get out into to Moab, into, into Utah, it's not going to be trees that you'll find markings on, but instead you'll be looking at the ground and, and looking for stacked stones. to to mark the trail. And and you need to be so attentive to know that you're following along the the right path. That you're you're going the right way. That you're you're somehow not veering to the left or, or veering to the right, but staying right where you should be. And you find that marker and then you look out and and you need you need to find out where the next one is because you don't know. But it's different when you have a guide along that's been on the trail, isn't it? The guide knows the path. He knows the difficult areas where you would perhaps miss a mark and step off the trail. The the guide knows where the slippery footing would be, where the rocky terrain would be. The guide knows. But even so, even with perhaps a guide to our life, we too can easily step off the path. It seems hard, and and we read it even throughout Scripture as we've gotten to this point in time, that, that, that even when God's people say, yes, Lord, we will follow You and, and, and we will never, you know, never not follow You, we're going to stay right on this path, right with You, it's not short after that they decide to choose their own path. That they, they forget or, or just decide to go blaze their own trail. Here's the thing. Following God and, and following His right path 
he does not want people who just go through the motions. He does not want robots who comply or begrudgingly obey because they know it's what they have to do. God didn't call you to make His voice known to you for you to be a slave to religion. He didn't lay down His life for that. And He didn't do it because you deserve it either. That's the thing that that we believe about the salvation that the Good Shepherd the Lord as our shepherd brings to us that, that we did not earn any of it upon our own doing, but yet it is fully relying on only the work that Christ has done because we can't stay on the right path. And there's only one person who has. The Good Shepherd. And so we we follow the Good Shepherd discerning His voice as He leads us to those pastures, to that area of life, to those waters along the path that He shows us as, as we try to consciously and joyfully serve Him and follow Him and, and step where He steps. He didn't do it so you would be a robot. He did it so you would experience life change. That you would experience John 10.10. 10, that you would have life to the full. Life to the full, not some mediocre life. Are we trusting the Good Shepherd in His voice and what He has accomplished that He would accomplish the unaccomplishable for us? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For your, you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. Let's try that. And if you remember it in a different translation, that's okay. Apparently I'm showing you that today. right? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I will fear no evil. doesn't seem that this passage says that we'll be taken away from the valley right away, does it? But even though we, we sit in the valley and we sit in the place of discomfort and we sit in this place of darkness, we're not to fear. 
because of the Lord's presence. But I think what our society is really good at is, is trying to get people to be fearful. There seems to be a lot of fear, even lately in the last week, if I think about what I've heard. I've heard some of these things. In the past week, I've read of fear of stealing an election by one party or the other. Fear of voter intimidation. Fear of false mail-in ballots. Fear of judges deciding things to bolster their own political party. Fear of this candidate or that candidate, and if they win and if they lose. Fear of what happens to our country. And it goes on, fear. And this would just be the tip of the iceberg of the fear that we are perhaps experiencing on a global level, on a national level, on an individual level. Fear. Fear of health. Fear of diseases. Fear of disunity. Fear of things that are going to happen in the future that perhaps right now we don't even have control of. Fear. And when you're in the valley, God doesn't want you to live by fear. Because He's with you and He will never leave you. In John 10, similarly, Jesus the Good Shepherd is there when other lesser shepherds just leave to preserve their own life. The, the hired hand, basically, he says, they're not going to be there when the lion or the valley comes into the place. They're going to go off and preserve their life because it's not their sheep. But Jesus, the Good Shepherd, will be present through it all. He will be there to, to comfort and yet even to defend. We think about the staff. The staff is... is a sign of comfort. It's, it's the thing that the shepherd uses to, to guide the sheep along the rough terrain. But then there's this thing that's, that's the rod. The rod has a different purpose. The rod is, is there for, for those who come to attack the sheep that is there to defend the sheep from the attacker. I wonder... When we're, when we're faced with the valley, do we run towards Jesus? Or do we run away? Instead of receiving the, the comfort and protection from Jesus, the, the good shepherds, do we instead run to the lesser shepherds? The shepherd of money, the shepherd of control, the shepherd of food, of lust, of power, of status, of safety. Shepherd of freedom and rights. In the valley, the lesser shepherds are not the comfort. They fall way short of the shepherd, the good shepherd, the shepherd who provides protection, the shepherd who guides and leads. The Lord is my shepherd. Should we try it? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. 
He guides me along the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For You are with me. Your rod and Your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. He prepares a table for us. When we think of feasts, sometimes we think of weddings today, or, you know, or we think of Thanksgiving. One day, maybe. And we got the best food out. Mom, dad spends tons of time with a turkey, roasting it in the oven, putting it on a grill, smoking it. Maybe deep frying it. All the sides, all the the best things that we remember, amplify that by multiple days. That's a feast in this day. Multiple day celebration where the Lord brings the choicest food, the best things before you. But it's not just for you. He prepares a table in the presence of our enemies. And so here's the thing, because He wants to show even your enemies that you are His. He anoints your head in oil by saying, you are My child and you belong to Me. And He, and he pours that oil upon you and he, and he makes your cup overflow with thankfulness and gladness. Your enemies are aware of what God thinks of you and it's, and it's not that He thinks that you're a terrible person. Instead, He thinks that He loves you and that you're His child and that Jesus came to save you. That's what He thinks about us. And our cup overflows because He brings us close. He showers us with a feast. And all we can do to respond is to have that overflowing cup of joy return directly back to Him. God has gladness for each and every person that's in His flock. He he brings them closer and wants to show them how much He loves them. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me in right paths for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for You are with me. Your rod and Your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, Your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Good job, because the slide didn't change when I hit the button. You got it. All right. In the end, after all six verses, David comes back to the Lord's presence. 
we see that in our story, God dwelled with His people in, in Genesis. And, and, and once the temple was built by Solomon, God would dwell with His people in that temple. And, and perhaps we know the story as it continues as God dwells with His people through the person of Jesus Christ who comes God with us. And even though Jesus leaves, He sends someone to be with us, the Spirit to live inside you, dwelling within you, God Himself. And at the end of the story, Jesus will come back again to reign over His creation. It all has to do with His presence. God's proximity to His people. And that's where our hope lies. I'm going to tell you something about my hope. My hope, it's not in President Trump. My hope, it's not in former President Joe Biden. My hope is not in Joe Jorgensen. It's not in any political party or nominee. My hope does not come from a vaccine. My hope does not come from anything else than who? Our hope does not come from anything else. Those are all the outside voices that are trying to get our attention to distract us from what is actually important in this world. I don't care how you vote on Tuesday. I don't care if you've already voted. I'm glad you did. I'll put it that way. But our hope isn't in Tuesday. Our hope, our hope goes back a long way to a man who laid down his life that we would be able to live in the presence of God forever. That's that's where our hope is. That's what truly matters in this life. I'm sure there's things that we would love to see on an individual level. There's perhaps different ways that we would love to see Tuesday work out. There's perhaps different ways that we would love to see the pandemic uh, uh, eradicated, right? We'd love to see that happen. Perhaps we would love to see different uh, political uh, um, policies enacted. But the point is that those things aren't the hope. Our hope isn't in legislation, but instead it's in the voice of our shepherd, in the presence of our shepherd. No matter who those lesser shepherds are, the Lord is my shepherd. I follow the voice of, of the Good Shepherd. The Lord says this to us. Do not, do not fear, my child. I am your shepherd. Do not fear, my child. Just follow my voice. Do not fear, my child. I will protect you and I will comfort you. Do not fear, my child, for I can save you like no one else can. Do not fear, child, because I will be with you forever. 
Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you love us so much that you desire to save us, to to pave this way that we can live with you forever. It's our prayer that we would truly follow you, that when we hear your voice that we would not turn to the left or turn to the right to turn to other lesser shepherds, but instead that we would follow you as you guide us through paths of right living, as you you guide us to the the pastures where we find rest, to the, the quiet brook, as you guide us to to prepare a feast for us, to show how much you love us to all those who gather around. We pray that we would be able to rest in that. That we would cease the toil of trying to earn our own salvation and rest in the salvation that You have given. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.